You're back. I'm back. Thank you. Listen, travelers, we're back with episode four. I'm sorry, I keep saying that. Episode five with Rachel. And this is part two. And again, if you've missed the first part and don't know what's going on, we are splitting them up just to allow you time to get away and do other things and come back and not have to listen to the entire thing and to get caught back up. And it also allows us to do kind of things when we're recording, right, Rach? Right. Go to the bathroom, let the dog out, do whatever we need to do. Um, and um, listen, in regards to the actual podcast, I have some questions for you. And feel free to ask me questions while we're, t- we're doing this. Don't, don't think that you're the one only getting asked questions and you just have to sit there and answer them. If you want to ask me something, ask it. Um, okay. let's have a, let's have a discussion about stuff. Um, before we get back into where we were in regards to kind of the ins and outs of your being a single mom, taking two kids, a, at the time, a nine turning 10, right. Mm-hmm. And a 13 year old traveling through Europe, just the three of you with, with the group, obviously, but just the three of you, um, before we get back into that, I want to ask some questions for you. I, I really was excited about doing this interview today because Rachel listens to, like myself, a lot of talk radio, and she listens to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And she turned me on to a couple of different ones, and and one recently, Dax Shepard. Wow, oh, my favorite right now. Is it your favorite? Okay. Yes. So I am. I, well, I was, I'm listening to, I haven't listened to all of them, but I listened to, I've listened to a handful of them. Um, but I listened to several different podcasts and you just, it's like TV, right? You can't listen to them all. So, nor can you watch all the shows. So going through them and whatnot, when she first told me, when Rachel first told me about Dak Shepard, I started looking at his different episodes and I think I see them three, three and a half, four hours long. And I think, <laughs> Oh my God, Rachel! What are you do? What are you doing? You like taking days off of work to listen to these? Well, it's summer vacation. What? Yeah, but I'm thinking to myself, what is this guy thinking? Recording something for three hours long, and then when I get, then this is before I've started, mind you, started recording my own podcast, and I'm thinking this is this is ridiculous. That's too long. Who's going to want to do that? And here I am, knee deep in it now. And I can't stop. I can't stop talking. I can't shut up. So three hours seems like nothing now. Like no wonder he's got three and four and five hours podcast because he just can't shut up. He can't stop talking. You get so involved um, with the Let's discussion. Be clear. They're not five hours long. Well, there is. There's one for four. Which one is that? I didn't see that one. I can't remember the person he's interviewed, but there's three is the average for him. Two and a half is maybe the average for him. I may be over-exaggerating, but it's two, at least two and a half every time, right? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Okay, it's it's long. It's long. And I think now that I'm in, I'm doing it, it's not that long at all, actually, because you just, you get so involved with the conversation and time just goes by, just like our last episode, our first part, right? An hour flew by. Um, anyway, so what do you think? I mean, you, you've listened to a couple of my episodes now. Are they too short? Are they too long? What do you think? Um, you know, I think when you're by yourself, you were at like 25, 30 minutes long. Yeah, something like that. Perfect. Because I, I don't think it's, it's like talking to yourself. When, in my mind. when you're by yourself? When you're by yourself. Yeah. Am I wrong? 
No, it, it's it's kind of, in fact, the first time I did it, my first episode was this intro, like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm thinking. Right. Um, if you want to follow along, great. This is what I'm thinking about doing. This is why I'm doing it. And this is how I'm going to do it. And just kind of an introduction slash practice, right? right. And I get, I finished it. I hung up and because it's on the phone. And I, I kind of sat there for a minute because it was very surreal. Like, well, I felt like I was talking to somebody, but there was no one there. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really weird. You're, you're, you have this like little talk show, like you're seven in your bedroom closet, like you're acting like some talk show host, and there's no one there, right? It's, it was, it was, it was strange at first. Yeah. Okay. But so I, but I think go, pod- go ahead. Most of the podcasts that I listen to mm-hmm. are usually two people. There's two. Yeah. Two- stationary figures and maybe they bring in somebody else yeah so usually it's it feels like a conversation that i am just and i feel like i'm just like the the listener the the observer and you know sometimes i'll i'll start laughing and i'll and i'll say you know preach sister or whatever right um, start know, to yell at the radio start yeah or i get angry or i get yeah. annoyed and turn it off um so i listen to all kinds of talk radio <laughs> yeah okay most of it I don't like to listen to is political. Most of what I listen to is funny. Okay. Okay. And, and I and I agree with you. I, I listen to business radio um, twice a day, going to school and coming home. And usually I can, if there's something going on, there's a topic, I'll carry the, I'll, I'll immediately turn the phone on and walk to my classroom or can, and continue, or I will get out of the car and continue on the phone while I walk into the house or whatever. Um, but I, it, it's, you're right. It's the ones that are more enjoyable are the ones where they're, they're discussing something with another person they're interviewing and they're talking and, and conversations come about from those, those events. But I, I don't see, there's a couple of different people that I listen to that, that talk exclusively by themselves, but it's only, you know, five minutes, 15 minutes at tops, you know, 15 minutes right. at the most, because it's just, Hey, I have a thought. I'm thinking about this. I'm doing this. I'm talking about this. I'm giving you some information about it. And then, you know, you go and go and utilize it if, if you will, but it's not really a, a situation of they didn't need to interview anybody over it. They didn't need to have a conversation with anyone else over it. It's just a thought. Um, right. Like the news. Yeah. Yeah. Little brief snippets of things and then move on. Yeah. So here's another thing I'm dealing with in regards to being so new to this. I want to get your opinion on it. Um, how often do you think is it is it important to see like Dak Shepard, your favorite? If he <laughs> does, he does he post weekly or biweekly or I what? believe he posts weekly. So I just saw um, that he posted one for this week where he interviews his mother, which I'm, I'm really interested in uh-huh. because in the few episodes that I've listened to, he's had, he had an, an, a, um, an interesting upbringing. Um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> do you think, do you think, well, I don't think I had it. Do you, I think he's posting once a week. I think or... he posts once a week, but I also know that he recorded one this week and he did one live. So, okay. like, he rented out a theater or did it in a theater in L.A. Okay. Um, so, here's... That one hasn't posted yet. So, here's my dilemma. 
I, I recorded, I've had three interviews now in a week's time, and I've uploaded two. I couldn't wait to upload it. I wanted to hear people's thoughts on it. I wanted to see them react to it. I wanted to hear them. I wanted to hear that they were listening to it. Your interview, I was actually going to save and post while I was away in Europe. And my, so I guess my question is, how often do you think we should do these things? How, how often do you think we should post? I was surprised that you posted two this week. Okay. So I think one a week is good. Okay. Okay. Because you kind of interrupted my flow of my, my podcast. <laughs> sorry. sorry Mondays, that... Mondays are not good for me. So don't release on Monday, please. I'm thinking Fridays. <laughs> is Friday okay with you? Okay. Yeah. As long as it's good with you. Okay. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt your Dax moments. Well, Dax, I think, releases on Monday, and then I re- listen to another one that releases on Monday. Oh. And um, I have one that's currently on hiatus. Um, so that's the other thing. It's like I'm listening to one that's like um, like television. It has like 13 episodes, and then there's a season two. Oh, interesting. They're, they're actually recording it like it was a, like a television show. Yeah, so he gets time off. That's weird. Who's that? That one is Adam Grant called Work Life. That was my serious one. And Adam Grant, um, it's through Ted. Mm, okay. Yeah. I love Ted. Yeah. Okay. Hey, back to the um back to our program here <laughs> and talking about travel and all things travel. Uh, I was, I've been thinking about you because there's on my desk right now is a book that I've been reading and I'm trying to finish it before I leave. And you might've read it. I ha- I don't know, but I'm going to ring it up as I know you're an avid reader or you try to be, um, the Paris wife. I read it. Don't tell me about it. Cause I'm right in the middle of it. Did you like it though? I did. Okay. What's yeah. interesting. Did you read that recently? I read it. Before we went to Paris. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you should have. Uh, maybe you, you did tell me that. But listen, there's a part where they finally moved to Paris. And I took you yes. to their very first house. Remember that? Yes. That was a good day. Oh, my God. I love that day. I wish I had read it before that. We could have talked about it. Because um, I love reading pieces like this where... They actually talk about something that I've been to or I'm going to or I know about. And what's interesting is she brings up Hadley, his first wife in the book, brings up how he leaves the that very apartment that I took you to in Paris, which is their mm-hmm. first home. He leaves every day to go around the corner to work. I took you to that place as well. Right. His office. Yeah. His quote unquote office was an apartment from um, back in the day owned by the poet Paul Relaine, who was the lover of. Arthur Rimbaud. So it's very literal in regards to the community of literature, this, this apartment, man, it's, it's very connected to the world of literature um, in this neighborhood. And it's funny how, I don't re- know if you recall, she hated that little neighborhood, you know, where we went down and had a drink. Oh, and so lovely. She hated it. <laughs> Can you believe that? When I read that, I thought, what is she thinking? Well, he was kind of, he wasn't a very nice guy. So I think it has to deal with the guy that you're with. Right? Yeah, it probably did. It probably had to do with the, the environment and probably, you know, it's that neighborhood, the way she described it, it probably, and, and to, in her defense, yes, 
he's very secluded that way and, and kind of keeps her at bay. But um, to, in the defense of the neighborhood, um, it probably has a lot to do with her perspective, right? Because the way she describes everything, it's just a bunch of drunks hanging out and being noisy. <laughs> but, I didn't see. I didn't feel like it was like that. But um, this little I, neighborhood that we walked around the corner to and had drinks in was wasn't it fabulous? Oh my gosh! So, what I remember about that day—that was actually the day that Jack got lost on the Eiffel Tower. And okay, later that yeah. Okay. And, um, our tour guide, like we we could do one thing or another. And if we did the other thing, we couldn't go on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. So we had to make a choice. Um, and what I loved about that day is that you're like, well, we're, we're going to stay in town and we're going to do, you know, we're just going to experience Paris or, and, you know, go, all the kids went off and did their thing. And we kind of went off with the little kids and, and did something else. And mm-hmm. our tour guide was like, oh, no, you can't go there. And she kept telling us, like, you're never going to find it. You're not going there. And it was like, she said it was too far. Mm. And then yeah. it was like a five-minute walk to this, to the places that you talked about. And then, like, we found this cafe. Yep. We just sat and we watched the people in the plaza. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I had champagne. And yep. everyone else did something that was a little bit more... Um, kid friendly yeah and um we just enjoyed the afternoon it was great it, you know what it was is is first of all it wasn't very far away it's, it's it is like you said a five minute walk i knew exactly where his house was i knew exactly how to get there um it, it's it's funny i every once in a while i have those conversations with the tour guide where they kind of doubt my <laughs> abilities and i just think right. okay you think what you think but th- with that particular walk up to that his house for one and around the corner to the square and let me describe it for the viewers or the listeners there's this kind of a weird shaped center little island with with a bunch of little trees and people kind of walking and hanging out in those in that grassy area cars can park along that if they want motorcycles mopeds and all around it's kind of like a, a big roundabout and this road, this cobblestone road that goes around the tree kind of branches off on these different, I think there's five, four or five different roads that kind of branch out and go different places. I believe every corner has a little cafe and it's just picturesque in regards to being so Paris, right? Yes. So it was beautiful to kind of walk those streets and those little neighborhoods and see and hear like i love hearing those people talk and not those in particular but in, anybody in the neighborhood that i'm in walking in listening to people talk walking by their their windows of their living room and hearing them have a conversation and you're walking up these cobblestone roads and these little streets and you're finding a little chair on a terrace outside of a restaurant and you're getting a drink and it's just it's just, it could be just ice water and it's so refreshing and so um wonderful to have a glass of water at that moment and to relax and just watch all these people walk by and you're thinking where'd they come from and where are they going and then boom they're gone and then there's another one and there's another one and there's another one and it's just this ongoing sea of people right just kind of meandering through 
And the girls, yours and mine, the little ones, were having their moments of tea that day, right? So everywhere we went, they wanted tea. And we had to get a <laughs> pot of tea. And they were with their fingertips or their tip, their uh, little pinkies in the air and having their tea. And I, I loved it because they just, she still, Holland still talks about that, having tea in Paris and the streets uh-huh. and, and how pot. wonderful that was. So I love those moments where just, you kind of break away. Allie and I did it again uh, recently where it was just this last July. Um, everybody was going to um, try inside of uh, Notre Dame. And we'd been there many times. I didn't want to. I didn't want to stand in the the hour and a half line to go into a church I've seen. I don't know how many times. So I said, "Hey, all the adults. My sister was there. All the other adults. Hey, we're gonna go for a walk. And just like you described, it gives you it gives us that moment to kind of be alone and have our own moment and have our own time. And we went directly across the canal and had a beer. And then we walked into the neighborhood and got to see." his house and his office again and went straight to that same place where you and I and Allie and, and Brian and the two girls sat and had another drink there and just relaxed and you got recharged. And yeah. by the time we, you know, leisurely walk back to Notre Dame, they're coming out. We're meeting, we're meeting them. Hey, Hey, <laughs> how are you? How was it? And then we go to dinner or wherever we did that day. You know, so it's, I love those little moments, just kind of walking around. And I, and I, I heard a podcast from somebody, I can't recall who it was, that they were talking about Paris and they love Paris, they just love Paris. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe you can share it with us, but I love walking around Paris. I'm one of those guys that likes Paris. Do you like it? Yeah, I don't feel like I spent that much time there. Well. You, you know, my I think my best memory of Paris, other than Jack getting lost in the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> yeah. is, um, you know, one night we got back to the hotel earlier, mm-hmm. and I think we were going to go find crepes, and I bought a bottle of wine, and we went, like, walked up the road, and we found this, found, like, this plaza, a different plaza. Yeah. And with the fountain, like, there was a fountain yeah. and we drank wine. I don't think we got crepes and like, it was just so peaceful and fun to watch people walk by and mm-hmm. to, you know, look at the church and the, in the, in the moonlight and it was, you know, just something different. Yeah. Um, that we went back the next night and took a bunch of people with us and basically had a party in the plaza. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. And, you know, that, those are my, some of my favorite memories is, you know, the, the slowing down, like when all the kids go to bed and yeah. slowing down and enjoying a city for, for what it, for what it looks like. What it really looks like. What it really looks like. Yeah. Where, where the regular people live. Yeah. Behind the scenes, <laughs> so to speak. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I tell people all the time, don't don't try, don't get a, a drink and don't get a meal right there on the major road, like on main quote unquote main street, right? Go, a, you know, a few blocks in, go into the city, walk, <laughs> walk a while. You'll get your, trust me, you're going to run into another square. You're going to run into another restaurant or another cafe. Um, eat there. That's where the locals eat. 
that's where the locals hang out. That's where all the fun is, you know? Or even like, the, I, that was the night that we took all the people to the plaza. We bought wine and cheese and butter and bread. Yeah. At the grocery store. Yeah. Bunch and, of snacks. Yeah. So we had all these snacks. I don't know. There was something that had no dairy in it. And <laughs> there were some olives, I think, and some pickles. Oh, there were had to be pickles. Yeah. Yes. And, um, that was, you know, it was one of the best meals. It's one of my favorite summer meals at home and to get to enjoy it mm-hmm. in Paris with mm-hmm. a bunch of great people and, and the great scenery was, you know, on the streets of, yeah, on the streets of Paris. Yeah. Yeah. I love those moments. I love all those little moments of just walking around, just kind of doing that. And, and, um, and I, and I was back in that neighborhood again in the mornings which I saw it from a different perspective, right? Because I was I was doing those photo walks early in the morning. So at about five thirty, six o'clock, um, I was wandering on those same streets, taking photographs at a completely different time of day, with different people walking walking around and seeing those businesses differently. Right. And, and I love seeing the, I love having that perspective, seeing it at five o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it's just different. Um, but you really do get to see a, a neighborhood like that. You really do need, you really do see uh, Paris, right? In this, right. in this sense, Paris. So that's cool. That's cool. I love those. So what about um, travel, travel, travel? So the kids and, and yourself now, three years later, do you talk about that trip? Yeah, we do. What do you, um, what do you talk about? Jack getting lost in the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, uh, it always comes back to that. Um, no, Abby remembers a day in Barcelona. Well, first of all, the first day we were in Barcelona, the day Abby got sick, mm-hmm. um, you took us to Las Rambulas, and there was like this fountain that you're supposed to drink from. And if you drink from this fountain, you'll come back to Barcelona is the, the fable or whatever. Yeah. And Abby's like, I'm not drinking it. <laughs> and so we've talked about that several times. And now, like, of all the cities that we went to, that's the one she wants to go back to. Really? Which is funny because she's like, I'm never coming back here again. And three years later, her perspective has changed. I think she wants a do-over. Yeah. <laughs> why do you, does she does she discuss why she said that back then? Like I'm never coming back here. I don't want it. I don't want to like it. Or what did she say? I think that was the start of her not feeling well. Uh, and so she wasn't yeah. like she wasn't like on her a game and yeah, just like it was hot and you know now we're gonna walk around and look at all these old buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was cool in Paris because it was Paris, but now this is some city I didn't really care about. Yeah. Did she have fun in the? Well, she wasn't on the bike ride, was she? She didn't get to go on the bike ride, so we oh, ended that's up going. Right. I think the day that you guys went on the bike ride, we went to the aquarium because it was something inside, and I felt like it was going to be cooler for mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um. So we went to the aquarium, and she got like we went and had tapas and, um. We had ice cream. Like we ate all day long. I felt like yeah, was eating and looking at fish. Okay, but yeah, that was that was a good day for her. That's you know one of the things that that everybody talks about in regards to Barcelona. In, in regard the the group that went with me, the one thing that they talk about still to this day is that bike ride. 
they well, they love that bike ride <laughs> and it's it, i think it cost them 10 bucks 10 euros and it was about an i want to say an hour and a half maybe two hours long maybe maybe a little longer and we went from like the heart of town inside of barcelona down to the beach and around back up into the park and it was so cool and again it's kind of like taking a little walk and seeing things for what it really is and getting mm-hmm. to see the land so to speak and on this case it was in this in this case it was on a bicycle but they really remember that barcelona has been a really weird place for me in fact i recently met a guy that's from he lives there now um and he keeps telling me, you know, I'll just I'll take you around Barcelona and show you the real Barcelona, and you'll really, you'll fall in love with it. And I know you don't like it, and I, I was like, I, it's not that I dislike it, it's not that I hate it, it's just been a very weird place, kind of like with with Abby. Maybe something happened, and I had these moments, and I I have some great stories about Barcelona, but it, it's not been one of the places where I think, oh man, I can't wait to go to Europe and go to Barcelona. Barcelona. It's really weird, but I think. As many times as you travel and as many places you go to and the many places, as many places you have on your bucket list, right? There's places that you really connect with in your soul, right? And for me, Italy is that is that place. Holland is that place. Um, Barcelona just isn't that place. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because it's hot. Well, that probably has a lot to do with it. <laughs> it's very hot. It, it's, it's, it's like a desert. Yeah, it is hot. But so, do you have a place like that? Do you have a place that that's uh, close to your your soul, close to your heart, where you think this is just a place I got to come back to? Oh, where would I go back to? You know, I I went on a trip to Canada, and I know you love Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, She's to, being facetious. To Banff and Lake Louise in Calgary, yeah. and. I would go back there in a heartbeat. Really? Why? Yeah. I went, we went in the summertime and it was, it was beautiful. And I could have stayed there for long. I think we were there maybe four days and I could have stayed there for two weeks Interesting. and didn't see everything. I had so to spend was... a day playing golf. I had never golfed before in my life. How old are you on um, that trip? 30... Oh, so you're an adult. I, yeah, I was an adult. Okay. So I thought you were t- maybe talking about teenagers. Okay, so an adult. So was it the wilderness that kind of got you? <laughs> um, or was it... What do you well, mean? 24-hour sun. Was it? Went in, we went in August, so it was like light all of the time. Wow. But it's kind of like a... It's a ski resort town. Okay. So very much kind of like a party scene. Um, And we didn't really, because we did spend a day playing golf and we spent a day um, traveling to Lake Louise and doing some, some outdoor stuff there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't really get to like hike or anything. And I would have, I think I would have enjoyed doing some of the hiking and and other stuff around, around Lake Lake Louise and um, Banff. Okay. Bamps. Okay. I also love um, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. I've been there a couple times. It's pretty cool, right? Oh yeah. It's it's. uh, I've gotten very lucky. I don't know about you, but I've gotten very lucky with Seattle in regards to rain. 
Meaning it hasn't rained when no, I was there. We were there. You? How about you? No, it did not rain at all. We went in August. Oh, rain. okay. We were there. Uh, one one time I was there in March, and it's rainy season, but it would rain. We stayed just outside of Seattle with a friend, and we would drive into Seattle. And the first stop we made was the original Starbucks every morning, and 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 then that in that day. They didn't have all that, those buildings and whatnot built in front of the original Starbucks. Now it's kind of closed off because it's an alley now. Right. Um, but you could walk, you could get your cup of coffee, walk down the hill over the piece of grassy area and kind of walk, watch the water and have your coffee. You can't do that anymore. You got to walk around the block. But um, it was a little different. But we'd walk, we would drive into town, like the, I don't know, 45 minutes or whatever into town. It would rain the entire time every morning. Once we parked the car, it stopped, and we had no rain all day long while we're in Seattle. We had, we were very very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me ask you this in regards to Europe and the trip and and the kids and yourself, because we we kind of touched on it, and I'm I'm thinking of it right now because I'm in that mode. I'm four days away from departure, and even though I tell people all the time, pack early practice if you have a new bag practice packing that bag um spend some time figuring out figuring out what you're going to bring does it fit in the bag don't wait till the night night before and then panic right <laughs> and i and i had a student on was it five years ago or whatever it was she blatantly just told she was very rebelish very rebel and she told me told me uh, no i'm not gonna do that that's ridiculous i'm not gonna pack it's like two weeks before we left it's like really really right now really two weeks i said listen you've never traveled before you've never been out of the country you've never been on a plane before you've never even yeah you've never used these these pieces of luggage that you're bringing you should practice with it to figure out what's best because what you've told me you're going to use, I wouldn't use those. She shows up. Uh, we took a bus that time from cart down to LA. She shows up with these, with a backpack that's half full or half empty. However you want to see that. And then a small little duffel bag with a really long strap that when you have it on your shoulder, it almost touches the ground. And I I look at her and I said, what do you, what's, what is this? It's like, what do you mean? When did you pack? Last night. Beautiful. So what? why do you have all this stuff in this little bag when you have room left in your big bag? Why don't you put everything that's in the duffel bag in the backpack, put the backpack, like fold it up and put it under the, the duffel bag, fold it up into the backpack as well. Now you're only carrying one bag. Well, this is for my stuff to coming, coming home. Beautiful. Put the bag for your souvenirs in the backpack right now so right. your hands are free. What are you doing? Didn't listen to me. Didn't listen to me the entire time. Ends up wearing a hole in the bag. Ends up losing this, that, and the other. Ends up doing this. Just a mess. Right? It was a mess. Halfway through the trip, she's like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. Why? Because it's just cumbersome like this. Beautiful. Let's do, let's do that from the very beginning. Let's listen to Mike from the very beginning. I would have helped you from the very beginning. So my point was, I tell people all the time, pack early and try new things i'm trying a new back a new bag on this particular trip because i i had surgery 
May 1st. So my my beloved North Face duffel bag that turns into a, a backpack, um, I can't use it on this trip because I can't carry that much weight on my shoulder right now. Oh, jeez. So I'm still going, right? So I, I'm, I'm using a, um, a wheeled bag, something I don't like. But I've done it a couple of times. I do this a lot. I'll I'll pick something new and I'll I'll go with it and I'll travel with it to kind of do a, some sort of review for people to let them know, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I think. This is what I like. This is what I dislike. So I've, for many different reasons, I have this new bag, and um, I haven't packed yet, and I'm four days out. What do you? What did you do? Did you wait too long? Did you no pack early? What did you do? I packed early. I also, okay, this is like maybe oversharing. I also said at the very beginning that I didn't want to carry around dirty underwear the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you, you told me that. And so in every, I just took old underwear <laughs> and in every city every day, I just threw it away. Really? Did you really? I absolutely did. So, so you didn't I wash probably any... overpacked on underwear because then I was like, oh, what if I, you know, what if I have to change more than once? And, you know. Yeah. So, but that, that was like mentally, I guess that was the thing that was creeping me out about having to have everything in one bag for, because Abby and I genuinely shared a bag and then maybe some of her overflow went into Jack's bag. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was my strategy. And I packed, I packed and repacked probably, probably two or three times before we left. Okay. And, um, I don't know. There's a picture somewhere on social media of my room with piles of, of clothes on the floor, um, you know, three weeks before our vacation. Right. You know, what am I going to bring? Uh, so, I do remember texting you probably two days before and saying, like, I just can't go without flip flops. That was your thing. <laughs> don't wear flip flops. <laughs> well, no, what I said was, it, I said, you need to bring a couple of pairs of shoes. But don't let one of those couple pairs of shoes be just flip flops. Be if you're gonna if you're gonna bring flip flops, bring another pair at least two, at least one other pair of shoes. That That's can, not what you said. Is that not what I said? No, that is not what you said. Did I just blatantly say no flip flops? Said no flip flops. Did I really? Said yes. I think you even said to the boys like, you can't bring. Don't bring your Vans because that will just make you look like you're an American. Um, Maybe it was Nike. Like, you don't want to dress. You don't want to dress completely like an American. Like, yeah. stuff, wear stuff that is generally has like no brand name on it. Yeah. Um, which, I do say that a lot. Which I think is smart. Um, I also like color code coding my days, so I know like this was day three, so I was wearing this color. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, but I, I packed and repacked and, you know, all the kids' stuff that was coming was was packed probably a good three days before we left. Okay. Um, but on the flip-flops, I I just couldn't get past, like, not having a pair of sandals with me. And I had bought a pair of shoes to bring with me, um, closed-toed shoes that I hadn't, I hadn't broken in. Yeah. So they worked in London when... The temperature was pretty mild, but once we got to Paris, my feet swelled and I wore flip-flops the rest of the time. Mm. And so I had gone out and bought, like, I knew I couldn't wear the flip-flops that I genuinely wear at home, 
but um, I had gone out and bought like a nice pair okay. that had like arch support and a thicker strap and were really comfortable. So I'm yeah. very happy to have you know my flip flops. I changed my mind about that a little in regards to your feet. You got to take care of your feet, right? Yeah. And and I've seen quite a few people recently have their feet swell and they get what's called that golfer's rash. Have you seen that? In fact, Brian oh, yeah. posted yeah, photographs yeah. of his, right? Where sometimes your your ankle, most of, most of the time it's your ankle and some of your calf gets like this, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, a rash. It looks like a, a rash, but it doesn't really have a, uh, a texture to it. It's just this red area that's kind of at the surface of your skin. And it um, kind of looks like, a bruise if you if you look from afar or hives or hives yeah and you know i've seen a lot of that and i've seen a lot of just swelling of the feet and it, it's made me think at at times you know when you get back to the hotel maybe you do need to walk around in some loose fit sandals that kind of give your feet a time to breathe and relax and um i, I changed my perspective on that and, I, and in fact I, I took a pair to try to try it out um this last summer and i wore them a few times um but i'm so busy with different things that i didn't have time to sit no okay let's sit down and take off my shoes and put on my flip-flops and walk around the hotel i didn't have time to do that but there was times when i did wear them like back down into the lobby after a, a long day of walking and kind of give my feet a break and kind of give my shoes a break right um, Do you generally take one pair of shoes? No, I I take two or three because I have bad yeah. feet. I I take at least two and and sometimes three, yeah. and then sometimes a pair is Croc related or Crocs. I have a couple of different pairs of Crocs. One looks like they look like loafers, and the other one is the actual uh, Croc. Mm. Um, but that doesn't make you look like an American at all. No, not at all. But you wear those. I don't wear those like out. I wear those in the hotel or in the on the bus or whatever. But um, those, the original Crocs are very bulky, so I don't. I haven't worn those in, in some time. So I use these other ones, these loafers, and they just they're very inconspicuous and they're incredibly comfortable. Um, but I always wear some sort of running shoe that has a lot of support. Um, and, and kind of depending on where I am too, because if right. I go to if I go to England. Like I'm going to England this next week. We're going to Scotland and Ireland. It's a little cooler, so I'm taking a pair of boots. But even in the summer, it's gonna it's still gonna be wet. It's still gonna be cold. Um, so it kind of depends on where you're going. But I always bring at least two pair. So you guys had multiple pair. I know Abby bought a pair of sandals. In fact, Birkenstocks when you were there, right? Yeah, she bought Birkenstocks when we were in Barcelona. And, and I don't think she wore anything but those the rest of the time, did she? Nope. No, those were really comfortable for her, I think. Yeah, and she, she really, yeah, she liked those. Her second pair for a ten, for her thirteenth birthday here. Oh, thirteenth! Wow. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Um, gosh. So, interesting little topics in regards to the packing and whatnot. What about um, what about the? I mean, you said you threw clothing away. Did you end up bringing back a lot of souvenirs in regards to clothes? Clothes, yeah, clothing, shoes, or whatever. No, you didn't uh, bring back a lot of souvenirs like that. 
No, I mean, Abby got a pair of shoes. I didn't, we didn't do a whole lot of souvenir shopping, mm-hmm. I guess. My, my travel um, souvenir is always a magnet from the city that we're in. Okay. Um, so it kind of keeps things to a minimum and then it also. Yeah, it does. Then it has a place when I get home also. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't like to dust. Uh, so that was kind of our, that was my thing. Abby wanted Eiffel Tower keychains. That was what she bought, but not a lot of clothing. I don't think. Okay. So Maybe my point Abby, was, go Abby ahead. did buy a sweatshirt because she did not come with a jacket or a sweatshirt. Ah, okay. And that happened very early on. Okay. So she probably wore it most of the time then. Mm-hmm. Other than Barcelona. Yeah. Okay. So. My point was, did you did you leave space in your bags, like I suggested, for those things just in case? Yes. Okay. But yeah. you, but as we're traveling, you're throwing things away. I'm throwing things away, and I I knew I was only I knew what I was pa- going to be packing back home. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I bought was a um, a photograph in, and I didn't buy it until the very last day we were there when we were in Rome. And I had to carry that on because there was no way it was going to fit in my bag without bending. Right. And that was, that was the point when I lost it was on the airplane and this little man got in, I had put it in the overhead compartment on the plane and this little man came and took it out, threw it on the ground. And I jump out of my seat and start screaming at him. Really? Oh my gosh. I lost my mind. And I, felt like I had been a very good traveler. Like everyone had like their moments of melting down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was probably the most even keel through the whole thing. And the kids all like, it was like the record stopped. Everyone looked, I'm like out of my seat with my hands in the air. (laughs) I mean, and he was probably five feet tall and I'm not a short person. Yeah. So I'm screaming at him and he doesn't speak English. And and I grab my grab my picture and I sit back down in my seat with it in my hands like I'm going to ride all the way to Atlanta with it in my in my lap. Yeah. Um, but once he got settled, I was able to find a place for it and I was fine. But everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" I think. <laughs> you know, I think you you bring up a good a good point. Um, that at a certain point you you do have to have, and we talked about this before. You you have to have those moments to kind of recharge. And kind of go off and do your own thing once in a while, especially if you're in a group. Um, you have to recharge and you have to have your moments to kind of just be by yourself. But then um, it's kind of, it's okay once in a while to kind of lose it, right? And, and yeah. kind of something's going to it's gonna get to you. You know, it's funny about that same trip because I had a little moment where I almost blew up at some. I did blow up at somebody. And we're coming down on the Ramblas in Barcelona. <laughs> and I don't know if you recall, but I kind of got in somebody's face about pushing the kids and Brian had to get in the, in the between us both and keep <laughs> us from fighting because we're going to get in the fight right in the street. And I've got, I don't know how many kids with me and my, my own kid was there and I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight some Spanish dude at the Ramblas because he's pushing my kid, my students into the subway and I didn't like it. And, and it was just one of those moments. I had one of those days where the Enough. heat, yeah, the heat was getting to me. The, the noise, the this, the that, the other. I just didn't have one of those days to recharge. And I was just short-fused. And that guy came around at the wrong time. And he got a, he got a face full. And, <laughs> and uh, 
he threatened me with the police and Brian had to jump in the middle of us and break <laughs> it up. And he's like, I remember Brian saying, no, I get it, dude. I get it. I get it. Let's keep going. I get it. <laughs> I was like, I was so upset. What do you get? What do you get? <laughs> Shut up. What do you get? But it was, it was, it was, we can laugh about it now, but in the, in the you know, back it's then, I think. Like oh, life or death. Yeah. Back then, you know, at that moment, I just think, you're not going to push my kids like that. And anyway, so <laughs> what about in regards to packing again? Uh, I want to get to this as well, because I, I make this suggestion to everybody. Um, if you're going to be gone, let's say 15 days, don't bring 15 pa- shirts and 15 pairs of socks and 15 pairs of shorts. What did you, we were gone 13 days. What did you pack for everybody? So, um, I'm trying to remember now. I it's think while, we yeah. packed, I'm trying to think. I had a pair of shorts. We each had a pair of shorts on when we left Fresno. I hope so. Um, well, I mean, could have worn pants. <laughs> I know. I had, we each had like um, some sort of pant to put on when we got on the plane. Yeah. Okay. Like, like comfortable. Long, long pants. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that was one, two bottoms and a shirt to change into that mm-hmm. I carried on for each of us. Mm-hmm. And then my suitcase probably had five days worth of clothes. So really you're looking at seven outfits. Okay. So do you take my advice and, and double up then? Wear it twice, three times? Yeah. And I washed. Oh, you did? I did. Where did you wash? In the hotel room or? In the hotel room. Um, I bought. I found at REI some like, you know, camping. Yep camping laundry detergent or whatever is it the Uh, one where it's like it looks like this little pieces of paper and it can dissolve with water no it was it was a liquid oh okay um that we use and i washed clothes i think i only washed clothes one time in paris yeah so that was like halfway through and then yeah we were fine for the rest of it beautiful yeah beautiful okay so i i always suggest that people you know if you're going to be gone X number of days, just bring half and double it, you know, double it by wearing it twice. Right. And, and I try to reduce that as much as I can in regards to shorts, like pair of shorts. I may, if I'm gone 15 days, I may bring just three pairs of shorts and I'll wear them two or three or four times. Um, and my shirts as well. And I'm, I'm always trying to reduce the, the amount of, stuff i bring right it just gets more and more cumbersome as we get older and i don't want to carry all these big bags and i don't want to carry all this stuff right and you know it's and funny story with all these clothes all these clothes is the kids on that trip <laughs> took it very serious i don't remember, i don't know if you remember this but they took it very serious in regards to hey philip said don't take a ton of clothing they didn't take a ton of clothing they all brought very small bags with very few outfits so to speak for the and most part, yeah. For the most part. And I remember being in Barcelona, and you and I and Brian were outside on the patio. We were talking. And we look up, and there are the patios for the rooms. And we look up, and it's just covered in laundry. Remember that? <laughs> yes. And I thought, what in the world are these people doing? And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Those are our people. <laughs> so I went to one of the rooms, which I think was Nick's. And he has, I'll never forget this, in the bathtub, 
of that of his room. He has it filled with clothes, and he's brought some detergent. He's got puts the detergent in there. He gets filled with water, and he must have three people's clothing in that that bathtub. Service for everyone. Yeah, he's like, he's doing laundry for everybody, <laughs> and he's he's taken he's taken this right. He's taken the the um, the pole out of the closet, right, to hang your clothing on. Yeah. He took it out, and he's stirring all of the. <laughs> the clothing in the bathtub in this giant circle like and he, i look i look down like what are you guys doing and he's like oh hey just doing some laundry man just doing some laundry <laughs> okay cool i said listen you got a pair of you got a, several pairs of jeans in there they're never gonna dry they're never going to dry and they never did they never did they were still a little moist everywhere <laughs> we went so they had all their clothes laid out all around the balconies the of their patios and it was just like laundry service 101 nick was doing everybody's laundry and they were laying them all out and we looked like a a, just a bunch of hillbillies with all of our laundry (laughs) everywhere it's just a funny thing like we had an adult trip two years ago or three years ago and um maybe it was two years ago and uh it's italy and I told everybody the same thing. And these are adults. And I said, really, there's not a lot of opportunity to do laundry, like go to a laundromat. Um, you might want to f- just pack fewer things and wash in the hotel. Yeah. So one of the adults, his wife sends me a photo. We go to dinner and I bring up this photo and I said, hey, what's uh, Angel, what's going on with this photo? And he looked at it and looked at it and he looked at me and he started cussing me out in Spanish. And he's like, I can't believe you I, I paid this amount of money and I'm I'm in I'm in Italy and I'm washing my own damn underwear in the bathtub in in the, in the hotel room. He's like, <laughs> it was it was hilarious, but he was serious. He was just just violently mad at me at that moment because I'm having to do my own laundry right here in the hotel bathtub. And we always laugh about it now. Sorry? He doesn't do his own laundry at home. Well, who knows? But it, it was—he's doing his own laundry on, on the trip. And his wife was like, "I'm not going to do it for you. If you want to wash your underwear, you wash your underwear." So they—they they did it. Or he did it right there in the in the hotel room. And he's bent over the hotel, the uh, bathtub, washing his clothes by hand in the bathtub. And he was just just livid about it. So he's going. He, they're actually traveling with us next year to Greece. And I told—I keep telling him, bring bring enough underwear so you don't have to wash your clothes. He's like, "Shut up!" He's all pissed off. Shut up. <laughs> He's, it's funny. It's funny, but uh, anyway, so many different stories about bringing your clothes and washing. But the the, um, the liquid you you brought. The, what worries me about that is you have to include that on the three one one. The um, well, the, I didn't because I checked my bag. Oh, you checked it. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, which is good, but if people do uh, carry ons and they do want to bring some laundry detergent, um. REI does sell those little little blister packets where um, it's about two inches tall and it's like you open up you open this little thing up and it has these little squares or rectangles of it looks like paper and it dissolves in water and it's soap you can wash your they have different ones they have hand soap like that and they have um, uh, detergent for clothing and you can wash your clothes right there and it's not a part of the 311 obviously because it's not um not a liquid, but it's it's cool. I have some, and it's it's good stuff. But uh, anyway, so what about uh, 
So we talked about packing and the difficulties with that and kind of going around all that. Um, when you had two bags and you and the kids just shared those two bags, you didn't feel like you were other than obviously you're throwing your underwear away, but did you ever feel like you were just like, Oh, I wish I had more room. I wish I had a bigger bag. I wish I had. No, not at all. No. Um, well, I mean, the hotel rooms are small and then there's three of us. Yeah. And I mean, these are things that I knew going into it, that, that space was going to be at a premium. And I also wanted to be able to, if I had to, to carry both bags by myself. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. So, you know, I just had to make choices and big choices were like, I didn't bring my blow dryer and my curling iron and I didn't bring all my makeup. So like, I definitely had to make a choice about how I was going to look. Um, and I didn't really care at that point because I'm never going to see these people again in my life. So (laughs) I can look as bad as I want. Who cares? Look as terrible as I want. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to say, Oh, that, that, that's that girl that looked awful in Paris. Remember how bad you looked in Paris? Oh my God. No. (laughs) They won't, they won't care. You know what? That's, that's good. You brought that up too. The, the, uh, the blow dryer. I tell people all the time, don't bring a hairdryer because, um, they will literally blow up the hotel um <laughs> we had a situation this was it two two years ago two years ago i told everybody told the women don't bring a blow dryer most hotels now oh, have wow. have blow dryers they're not spectacular they're not state-of-the-art they're not beautiful they're not gonna blow your hair dry in five seconds but they'll work so you don't need to bring one and more importantly they work with the wattage with the right. european ampage right and yours, if you bring to Europe, regardless of using a converter, it will be too much for the hotel. It'll be too much for the outlet. It'll blow it up. And one of the travelers didn't believe me. So we're in we're in Venice, and we're at a really cool hotel on the Lido. And I get a call. No, I think she came down to my room. She came down to my room, knocked on the door, and she said, I have a little problem. I said, what do you mean? Like, well, my side of the hotel isn't working. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean your side of the hotel isn't working? It's like she's on a different side of the building. And I said, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, the AC stopped. All the lights are, are off now. And everyone's upset. I'm just like, I just want to let you know. What, <laughs> what, <was> <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to tell me? Well, it was me. What, what do you mean? What was, what was you? And she's like, and my room is flooded. Like, wait a minute. What? what? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, I, I was running a bath and I forgot about it. So it overflew and it overflowed onto the floor. And now I have a bunch of water on the floor and seeped into the room with all the carpet. I tried to dry it off. I was using a blow dryer and it blew up and it <laughs> short circuited the that wing of the building. Don't tell them it was me. So what are you serious? Did you bring a did you bring a, a blow dryer? She's like, Yeah. Didn't I tell you not to do that? It's like, yeah. Okay, well th- This is what we're gonna latch on to right now. <laughs> we gotta we gotta figure this out. So she I don't know I don't remember if if we told the hotel exactly what she did, but they you know fixed the switch and they fixed the, the breaker or whatever they did in Europe. And she soaked up all the the water with her the towels that she had in the room. Oh my 
gosh. And she put away the, the blow dryer for the rest of the trip, thankfully. Um, but those those little habits that people have, that you, sometimes you have to break those, right? You can't bring everything that you want to bring to Europe because it's not going to work. You know, and it's it's just not going to work. I try, I try to tell people all the time to it's not better or worse it's just different you just kind of you have to expect it to be different and you have to just kind of take it as it is and and accept it because these these moments are going to be wonderful to think about later right yeah but, but let's not try to let's not try not to blow up the hotel and and flood it with your bath water well i also uh, don't think that we travel to experience us all the creature comforts of home yeah that's true I mean, if you want that, you just should stay home, right? Right. Right. And I, I want to go to a resort. I'll go to a resort. But this is a different type of travel. And you right. have to sacrifice some things. You do. That's a good point. You have to sacrifice something. Sometimes you have to sacrifice a lot, um, depending on who you are and, and what you're used to. You do have to sacrifice something on the trip. And then, I, you know, it's like, it's like eating at McDonald's, right? I tell the kids That's all the time. Right. Don't well for one you shouldn't be eating it, but number two, don't eat on a trip. Experience this food, right? Experience the food that we're given here on this trip. Experience the, you know, the cafes here in Europe. You can always go to McDonald's. You can always eat American food. You can always go to Starbucks. Try the coffee shops here. Try the sandwiches here. Try the you know whatever wherever we are, and try those foods, right? I don't even remember seeing a Starbucks. Mm, they're not they're not abundant. Um, I remember in July, this last July, as soon as we landed in London, somebody, uh, one of our boys on the trip, grabbed a Starbucks and was drinking drinking it in front of us. I took photos of it and posted it, um, but to make fun of them, like right. automatically doing it, and and we gave him a we gave him a hard time about it because. He, you you just went off and got some Starbucks when there's so many other options. things you could be doing right now with that with that money and time and in so many different options for for drinking coffee here, but it's it's breaking those habits that you're so used to in America that are back home that I try to tell people all the time just enjoy where we are and and, and enjoy what they have to offer right. And I think that goes for anywhere you go. Even domestically, right? Domestically, you need to enjoy it. Like, yeah. Said, go off the beaten path. Ask the locals where they eat. Yeah. And seek them out. I mean, it may be it may be off the beaten path, but you're going to enjoy something that is unique to that that area. Yeah, I think that's good. You know my philosophy, right? On travel, don't yeah. try to do it all in one day. Don't try to do it all in one trip. Just enjoy where you are right don't try to do everything because you're going to spend too much time running from point a to point b and you're not going to spend enough time enjoying what's right in front of you did you ever feel like you were not enjoying because we're dragging you to another spot no no not at all okay no did the kids ever think like that like oh my god another place mom Uh, can we just relax they were probably afraid to say anything (laughs) and like i said you know when it's when it's your mom saying like this is where we're going next it's one thing you complain yeah you know a group of people you have to understand like it's a group of people and you were going with the group and if you break off from the group then 
it's it's our job to figure out how to get to where we need to go. Right. Oh. Right. And I, and I, you know, if I didn't say that before, I was thinking about it earlier when we were talking, and I forgot to say something. But both of your kids were pretty good. I mean, I would say not just pretty good; they were really good in regards to being, like you said, avid travelers and and being comfortable in their skin in regards to um, being thrown into a, a place where they didn't speak the language, they didn't know where they were going, and they just kind of followed along. Yeah, okay, let's go. All right, let's. They're go. yeah, they're very good about that. And well, in fact, you. I think both of them, if you just give them some bread, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much if they, they would survive on carbs alone, that would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of I, I remember both of them, both of Rachel's kids love bread. <laughs> and the bakers, the bakeries in France are just amazing, right? The bread is just oh incredible, God. incredible. If you're a bread lover, oh, my God, you're in heaven. And it's hard for us, for Ali and I, but we, we both love those carbs. And we walk into a bakery and we can't leave without a couple of loaves of bread. We're talking about loaves of bread that people would normally eat over two or three days, maybe longer. And we're just scarfing this stuff down like we haven't eaten for weeks. Because it's so good. It's so good, right? <laughs> and I remember being on one of the subway rides in Paris or outside of Paris going to the back of the hotel. And it was late at night. And you had a loaf of bread or you had some bread or maybe a baguette or whatever. And both of the kids were just sitting there. Just like zombies, not and not not acknowledging anyone. They were tired. They were worn out, right? And you just have that moment. You just sometimes you need that moment to yourself. And sometimes people are watching, and sometimes they're not. But I was watching them across. I was across the aisle watching them, and I think I got some photo and video of them both. But like zombies, staring at nothing, and hand to fist with bread, hand to fist. <laughs> chewing hand to fit just back and forth it was like and i looked at you like oh my god look at this and we just laughed about it and i i continue that's one of the images i have of both your kids when we're in europe them just eating bread like like routine mm-hmm. like robots yeah like robots not I saying think anything the, the best video though is of you eating the chocolate croissant oh my god <laughs> Those croissant. Who knew that you had to go to Barcelona to get the best chocolate croissant in the mm-hmm. world? Can you? In fact, remember we had a Ziploc bag. I had this gallon Ziploc bag, <laughs> and we were leaving. I don't know if we're leaving the hotel altogether, but we're leaving one morning, and Brian and I <laughs> were loading up on chocolate. the chocolate croissants, and and I think we had two or three for breakfast alone, and. And they were you, enormous. Yeah. Yeah, they were bigger than my hand. Like spread yeah. out. They're huge. And they and we're not talking about one little piece of chocolate inside. It was like like spread all throughout the middle. And it was covered in in, in powdered sugar and it was <sighs> unbelievable chocolate croissant. I've never had a chocolate croissant this good. And they were so soft and oh. Anyway. And I think with all you talked about, you're like, when we get to Paris, we're going to have croissants and we're going to have yeah. croissants and they're going to be so great. And then like, it was kind of a letdown. We didn't find one. I don't, yeah. I don't think we ever found one. We didn't find, well, we didn't find a good one. And then we get to Barcelona and here we are. <laughs> like you come down to breakfast and I'm like, just wait until you have the croissant. <laughs> Did you yeah. have the croissant? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Barcelona. <laughs> like what are you talking about? What do you have? Like tapas and tortilla. What are you talking about? There's no croissants here in Spain. 
Oh my! And I remember, I remember that last day. I don't know if we we're leaving the hotel. Like I said, I don't know if it was just a day trip or whatever. We we had your bag. You gave us a bag, and we had a bag, and we just started stuffing croissants in the bag for later. <laughs> and Brian and like Brian and I both were just like, "This is for later. We're eating these later. later. This is these are incredible." And we just <laughs> they were they were delicious. Oh my god, they're good. They're so good. <laughs> but you're right. You have these. What's funny about that is we have these expectations of what the travel is going to be about. What, what's what's, what's going to happen? What are you going to see? And what you because somebody who's not on the trip is, has told you about something, or you read something, or you watched some show, or read a book, or whatever. Were all of your, other than the croissants in, in, in Paris, were all of your expectations met on that on that trip? I think so. I think I went in with like. And part this is part of why I did this trip was that I I didn't want to figure it out myself and mm-hmm. I was like I was cool with whatever. Yeah. Um, but I paid for like I had paid for some extra excursions like the the trip to Bath and yeah. and and um Versailles um something else that like I knew like my only expectation is that if I'm going to Paris, I am going to go to Versailles. Everything else yeah. is like, whatever happens is cool. Yeah, that's good. So I guess because my expectation was, I, w- I don't want to say low. Um, what I got out of it was low. What I expected to get out of it was low. I, yeah. I was thrilled with everything. But I mean, we saw so much. I still think about... Um, you know, the day that we went to the catacombs, which was not part of our tour. I don't know what we we were supposed to do instead. Yeah. But uh, we went to the catacombs in Paris and stood in line like, like, I mean, it was a crazy line, like a Disneyland line. Yeah. <clears throat> to go thought... to the, the old catacombs in Paris and yeah. see all the, the dead bodies from all the, the bones, uh, right? French I just, Revolution. I just talked about that with Tanner in episode four because he and I and Allie were the only ones that went because no one else wanted to stand in line. Because I told everybody, we're standing in a long line. And it's gonna take it's gonna take hours. And it took just the three of us, it took four hours to stand in line. Well, I don't think we waited that long. To walk through and then get out on the opposite side, it took four hours. So I, you're right. I don't think the day that we went, you and, and I and, and everybody on that trip, I don't think it took that long. But it was it was what, two and a half, three. Yeah. Right. It was a long it was a long wait. But the uh, you know what? We were wrapped around that that little park where the building is to get in. Right. Um, but it, it I think our our line when you were there um, moved quicker. I know it was long enough that I had to take the girls to go to the bathroom more than once. And oh yeah, and I think we get we got sandwiches too, didn't we? We found a bakery across I don't know, the street. Ate bread. I don't. I'm... Yeah. Like when the you know what? That's a stupid question. When didn't your kids eat bread? <laughs> right. I could say that. I could say that any day of the week. Uh, yeah, your kids. Remember that time your kids ate the bread? Oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. Every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Yeah. If there's, not, if there's not a if there's not a carb involved, then they don't want anything. To do. <laughs> uh, but the carbs there are so good. So good. So, <clears throat> what do you think? What what you, what have you what do you think about that trip altogether? That at, what, what, let's see, started in London, went to France, then to um, 
Did you go to Bar- you did? We went. Yeah, I'm sorry, France, Barcelona, Barcelona, and then Rome. Rome. What was your favorite part? My favorite part. I think our day in Rome was like such a whirlwind of like experiences because we started early with the Colosseum and went through the ancient ruins and then went to the Vatican and had lunch and gelato and it was like boom 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 like I just kept wanting to eat yeah there was because there was everything tasted so good um I think that Rome I guess that would go back to your lap your uh, previous question was I think Rome is the place where I would go back okay Um, because I we 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 saw so much but I feel like it was such a whirlwind yeah it was just Um, a day you know that that day you were talking about the tour guide in, in the Vatican and how she you know she has her mission on what she's going to do and yeah. you have another agenda and um, they want you to go then into like the Vatican City um, gift shops and buy stuff there which were like the most it was so expensive yep and my that's my kids just wanted to go into the souvenir shop and buy stuff. Because I knew it was their last day, I think was part of it. Yeah. And so we go into this gift shop and then it was like, you know, if you want su- such and such, blessed by the Vatican priest, blah, blah, blah. Well, and it was like more money and then it gets shipped to you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool because we came out and we were walking on the street to go back to, I think, the bus or to walk to dinner. And and we saw these priests on the street and you ran up to them and started talking to them and they blessed all of our stuff without yeah. <laughs> without permission from whoever. Yeah. Uh, but that was, it was cool, you know, that these are the experiences that we had there and I would love to go back. I don't think I would do Europe without a tour group though. Really? Cause that, you just jumped to my, my, one of my questions was you would, you would not do it on your own, huh? Um, well, I mean, the people who I would travel with would be less experienced travelers. Uh-huh. So as, as the senior traveler, I, I don't necessarily want that much responsibility to give everyone the experience that yeah. they, they want. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just one of those different things, right? It's just different. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, what's funny is the girl I told you about with all the, the bags and, and how she had the backpack and that, that weird duffel bag, right? And she later admitted, okay, I'm going to do it your way. She's become an avid traveler. I mean, she's everywhere. She's all over the place. And I, oh. and I I messaged her once and I said, did I create a monster? And she's like, yeah, you did. I don't want to stay home. I just want to travel the whole world. That's and she's, awesome. she's done great. And she's thankfully listened to some of my advice and she's actually learned some from on her own how to do things more efficiently and more and just became you know better at it and she's made her trips easier um by doing certain things but yeah it's funny um it's funny that you brought that up in in regards to that the the priests it, it seems like every time every time they try to get you to go to one of these two or three stores and the the lure of it is Hey, we're gonna have the priests at the Vatican bless your things. Well, they're all—if you're not savvy to what's going on—they're all associated to the Vatican, right? <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> but they—they—they they try to sell it to a to to the tourists like only the Vatican priests 
will bless these. And okay, great. I mean, the Catholic priests? Yes. Okay, so they're all associated to it. Okay, good. So how about this? So instead of paying astronomical numbers for all this stuff, I, I usually go and have, I find somebody on the street selling the same stuff at fractions of the price. And I tell my travelers, just get it, buy it. This is a great price. And we'll get you, we'll get the, all these things blessed, I promise. And I haven't left yet without getting things blessed. And it may not, it may not happen right then and there. It may be walking to dinner or walking after dinner or later that night. But usually that day we'll run to a priest or two and it's never fails. They're all over the place, right? right. They're, they're everywhere in that, in that area of the Vatican. Um, and then they're, they're more than happy. That's the thing. They're more than happy to stop and to talk to you and to bless whatever it is you have. They, they love it. They yeah. love doing it. And it's, it's funny that the, the travelers were like, they don't believe you at first. Like, no, I can't do that. I mean, they're, they're telling us right now that I have to do it. In this, just trust me. <laughs> just trust me. Okay. We're going to go do it. I promise. But well, uh, I, mean, I was just thinking put, to put into perspective how expensive things were in, in Vatican City. I was buying for my nephews to bring home um, pencils as their souvenir. So every city we went to, I would buy them. I have two nephews. I would buy two pencils. Nice. And so in Vatican City, this is the first time I see pencils since we've been in, in Rome. Yeah. And they're these Ferrari pencils. <laughs> and I'm talking about like cheap pencils that you would pay for 25 cents at school. Yeah. And they were $5 a piece. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Now, I don't drive like a Ferrari. So I'm not really sure why, but I'll, all I can say is that it was probably because it was in Vatican City. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the pricing was was way off. Yeah. Because, like even the shirts, because I think on that night, um, you took some kids off, and I stayed with the little girls, um, and had had gelato mm-hmm. in uh, one of the plazas, and I took the girls and I bought them both a, a t-shirt. Yeah, and- I remember that. Yeah they the t-shirts were like five dollars a piece it was like you know it's the it's the buy two and get one for free or yeah (laughs) yeah whereas if you were in the vatican or some other place associated with tourism like that it would be five times ten times more even if not more yeah yeah you definitely have to watch out for those those things and you know back in the day when they had lira uh, instead of euro, euro is, is a lot easier to keep track of that that conversion. But back in the day, when you had Italian lira, um, it was something like four thousand to one at one point. So it they would give you some astronomical number, and you think about it for a minute, like no, that's like twenty bucks. I'm not going to spend that. You know, it, I'll give you half of that or wh- whatever the number may be. But you really had to pay attention to what it was you were spending and right. what it was you were your like that conversion rate and that's one of the good things about the euros it's so close to the dollar right now so if it's if it something's 25 euros you know that it's just over that in regards to the dollar it's 28 dollars or 29 dollars or whatever that number may be at the time because of the the exchange did you find that you you spent more um than you anticipated to spend like your daily allowance or your 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 monies in regards to 
um, what you allotted for, for snacks and souvenirs and things? Were you right on point or were you a little No, I, I, was on, I think I was on point. And I think that's the other reason why I like the group travel is that going into it, you know that there's not going to be any extra costs associated yeah. with um, you know, where you're staying, your transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we did pay a little bit extra to go on, go some different places when we were in Paris. Um, but that was, you know, even that cost was minimal. It was, you know, 20 bucks maybe for the, the three of us. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't very expensive. Um, so no, I felt like I, you know, as a budget conscious person, I felt like I was able to pay for my trip before I got there and had, was able to save enough money to feel comfortable with what I was spending while I was there. Uh, I never felt like I was trying to be super frugal. I could buy what I wanted to. Yeah. And just use yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're being frugal or you want being like over the top. Oh, I'm I'm in Europe and I'm going to spend all my money. You weren't doing that either. (laughs) Cause I've seen that. I've seen that. Um, so did, w- bring back to the kids, like being, being a single mom there on the trip with the two kids, did you give them a budget? Like a daily uh, allowance or how'd you do that with them? Cause I don't remember, like you're, you're, you're right. Your, your kids didn't spend a lot of money on souvenirs that I saw. I'm trying to think because they did have their own money, but I don't remember how much they started with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like, their grandparents gave them some money before they left. And so did their dad. Um, but like the, we have, we have euros in a sock drawer in my house because yeah. we'll go back someday and they'll still be in use. Um, hopefully. Cool. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how much money they had, but they did ca- like, I tried to keep what they were carrying on themselves to a minimum. Yeah, just in case. Just, just in case. Yeah. Um, but they're both very, very cautious when it comes to like, you know, and I think you did a good job of talking about like there are people, there are gypsies, there are people who will try to mug you and you need to be aware of where your bag is at all times and mm-hmm. how you carry your bag and Yeah. They were they were they were actually pretty pretty good about and, and cautious about that. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, I did that with uh, with Holland, and we we she's gone on two trips now, and both times she, when the travelers did their um, fundraising, she joined in on that, and she did a little bit of fundraising, and she saved birthday and Christmas money, and uh, Papa gave her some money, and Nana gave her some money, and she saved all her money, and and that's what you spent. I mean, that's we tried to teach her. Um, and when I took my son, the same thing. He had a certain amount of money, and that's what he had. And you try to teach him, this is what you have, and this is what you this is what you get to spend if you want to spend more. And we try to, and I try to share share with this with the travelers as well. Um, you should divide it up on the days. I mean, simple math, right? Divide it by the days that you have, and you know what you can spend every day, and what you decide to spend it on is your prerogative. That's that's you. Right. If you don't if you don't spend any money today, then you've got double tomorrow. Or you spend too much today, you have less tomorrow. Right. Um, and then when we went to uh, funny story with that, we went to London with Holland last year in July. Um, 
everybody, this was like the Harry Potter tour, right? And every, right. everybody was excited about going to um, nine and three quarters platform and, and getting their photograph taken and going yeah, to yeah. that, that yeah. particular store, right? And she had, I don't remember how much she had, a couple hundred, maybe $300 saved. And that's what, her, that's what she was going to spend on the entire trip. Well, she, she blew 90% <laughs> of it. 90% of it right there in that store and she's like i'm getting it all i'm spending everything here and we had to tell her like if this is what you want to do okay because it's yours but make sure (laughs) you are good with not having anything else i say i don't care this is all i want this is all i want so she got everything that she could and then we that particular trip we split off uh we sent everybody home and the three of us stayed another 12 days and kind of did our oh, own gee. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we went back to that same station and King's Cross, we went back to the store again and she got even more because she had more money left over. Oh, my so God. She she came home with just boatloads of Harry Potter stuff. I mean, she has a gown and or a cape or whatever they call it. She has a, a wand and wand. everything. She got her notice that she has you paint on the wall you got your notice to go to hogwarts and all that stuff and she got her photograph with the pushing the the cart into the wall and oh that's funny yeah all that stuff so yeah it's it's a it's a good uh a lesson to show them and and, and share with them in regards to you know when you have kids on the trip and and you have x amount of dollars this is this is all you can spend right this is all you got well this is it very early on i found that when you just give them this is how much we're going to spend. Like this, here's your money. When it's gone, it's gone. Um, they're more frugal and responsible with their money. Yeah. And it stops the, I want, it stops you from having to go into, once the money is spent, it stops you from going into every store. Yep. Um, trying to find something to buy, trying to find something to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the nice part was that while we were, you know, my kids, my kids travel a lot, but the place that they go probably the most is Disneyland because mm-hmm. um, they have annual passes. Every time Abby comes home, still, she comes home with a new stuffed animal. I'm like, where? <laughs> where? Why? <laughs> so there was none, there, when you know you have to carry it on your back, yeah. Yeah. you're not going to buy all that crap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. I don't know if you remember, but. I won't name her because I've made fun of her enough, but there was a traveler on our trip with you. And I tell everybody the same thing. It's on your back. So be careful, be cognizant of what you're buying and what you're doing because you have to carry all this stuff. Right. And I don't know if you remember, but the day we landed in Rome, I was taking photos of her making fun of her. She had a, she had a roller bag behind her. She had a bag of stuff in her hand. She had a backpack. And then she had another bag, like a backpack, on the front of her, wearing it on the front of her like a backpack. And I, I kept making fun of her and telling her, look, this is what I'm talking about. I know, I know, but I had to have it. I had to have it. Okay. But you're the one that has to carry it all. So mm-hmm. be be cognizant of all that. Be cognizant of all, all that stuff <laughs> that you have to carry. So you said earlier that um, – you wouldn't travel to Europe. You probably won't travel to Europe without being in a, in a, in a group tour. Um, where is it that's your bucket list? Where What trip would be your, like, I want to go here. 
I don't know if it's going to be now or well, you know, I, you know, I want to go to Greece. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Greece is but on that's my list. different, but that's a different trip. Is that, is that the, is that the thing that you're most thinking of? Is that the, the, the destination you're most thinking of? Yeah, that, or I would do, I may do Croatia without doing a tour. Ooh, Croatia. Because yeah. I, I feel like Croatia, I could probably, we could probably do Airbnb mm-hmm. and I would just stay like central to wherever we were right staying i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily go adventuring would you take the kids on that trip to croatia no because i see that as like a sitting on the beach kind of trip yeah (laughs) reading yeah you know i i know it's funny i know some people that have gone to croatia i know several and it's it's one of two things it's very adventurous in regards to trekking everywhere and it's either it's that or it is exactly what you described. It's just beach lounging. Right. Which I'm and, cool with. Yeah. And I, I know you're that kind of person. You want to do that sometimes. But um, it never struck me as being a place where it was beach oriented. Right, Croatia? I didn't know that until people started going. And I started doing more research into it. I've never been there. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting that people just would. It's either or. Like this crazy adventure. Like let's go on major hikes and and whatnot or beach right and lounge and sleep and drink which you're right both of them probably doesn't appeal to a 15 year old or no a 12 year old or whatever old the the kids may be um so you definitely did alone what about uh what about within europe not the, what crazies that can have out but in back um, back in europe i know you said yeah, you do I, rome I have desires to see, to see, um, like Eastern Europe, you know, um, Austria and, okay. and um, Germany, mm-hmm. kind of Switzerland, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I, I think I talked about it in the last couple of episodes where I know I talked about it with Tanner, the, um, last few years we've been going to those areas and Switzerland has been like the black sheep or the, you know, like the, it's been the hidden gem in regards to travel. I didn't really think everyone's going to like it. And when we get there, everyone just falls madly in love with it. And it's just so beautiful and picturesque that um, it's the place that everybody talks about now is their time in switzerland really yeah they love it they love the food they love the weather because it's so it's sunny and yet it's chilly right so you're not sweating all over the place you're not it's not like being in spain and and whatnot it's it's nice you're comfortable um when we do go on hikes you're you're nice and comfortable with just a t-shirt or maybe even a windbreaker and um it's just picturesque it's beautiful Wonderful huh. places, yeah. Germany as well. Germany is wonderful as well. I mean, um, the food, obviously, the, the the food and the the just the ability to kind of roam around and not be uh, uncomfortable with the heat or the humidity. And and I'm sure they do have a little bit of humidity at certain certain times of the year. But uh, when we go in June, July, it's just it's a nice nice time to go um, in that eastern area. Okay. What about the kids? What what places do they ever say, I want to go here? 
you know what? We're going to do that as a family. We're going to do that. Do you have a place like that? Do they have a place like that? I don't think so. Um, I'm really, I'm really interested in getting the kids to travel by themselves. Mm. Um, you know, Jack, Jack is, is much more cautious than Abby is. Maybe it's the Eiffel Tower experience. I don't know. <laughs> um, he doesn't want those. He doesn't want that moment to come back and haunt him again. Like, oh my God, I want to be stuck there again. But like I, I was telling him the other day, I'm like, you know, you have money in your bank account. If you wanted to go <clears throat> travel, and I, I thought like I was talking about travel to Europe, you know, with gr- a group of kids from his school or yeah. you, that, you know, that is an option. Yeah. Um, I know you, you've asked me like, about that, about <laughs> the next trip and maybe putting him on it. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I can go to Millerton the lake that's 25 miles from our house yeah i'm like no no you can't you you can't go to millerton but you can go to europe yeah yeah <laughs> um he just flew by himself for the first time this summer um and navigated an international a- airport by himself what with a layover yeah he sfo where did he where did he go where did he fly to he was traveling with his dad in Hawaii uh-huh. and needed to come home early for water polo. And so his dad bought him a ticket home to come home for water polo. <laughs> and so he came by, by himself. He flew by himself for the first time. I flew by myself for the first time when I was probably eight or nine. Wow. I was, well, my sister, and but I'm the oldest. So yeah. we were young. Eight or nine? Eight or nine. Yeah, wow. but that was when you have to remember that was when your when parents, you... everybody could go to the gate. Yeah, that's true. You, plane. you have to be there two hours ahead of time. Yeah. So, well, you can you can do that now with very very special permission, but you have to. It's it takes it's like an arm and a leg to do all that, and then at a certain point they won't let you pass, and then yeah. they they basically assign an employee to babysit your kid, right past that point. But you're right. At a certain point, you could actually walk in almost to the plane. But, I mean, flying from Fresno to Iowa in the summertime, we had to make a transfer somewhere. So yeah. either Dallas or Denver, we would my sister, we would ha- we would have a handler who would, you know, they would take us on a little cart to the next gate. And we yeah. would sit the gate and wait until our, our flight and then get on the flight. What? So t- two things. I'm going to ask you about two things in regards to that one. So when Jack did that, when he had that trip, that was just, what, a month ago? Yes. So when he did that, he came home from Hawaii. Um, and again, it's not very far. You know, it's, it's a couple hours, no big deal. But he had to get out of the plane. He had to go through the airport and navigate himself and whatnot. Did he feel, did he, did he admit that he was a little stressed about it? Or did he feel completely comfortable with all that? You know, he's actually the one in the airport who usually is finding the finding the the the, ta- the timetable first and figuring out what gate we're on and checking it twice. So I think he was pretty comfortable with it. Um, San Francisco isn't an airport that we normally fly through when we fly, yeah, so yeah. it was a new airport for him. But if you've seen one airport, you've seen them all. Exactly, and they're all you know they kind of function in the same way. Yep. Um, so he was comfortable. That's an interesting, interesting point. They, they are, 
I mean, they may look different with carpet and paint and windows and whatnot, but they all have the same timetables, electronic timetables somewhere up, and you can always find them. You can always figure out where your departure is or where your gate is. And, and if you are if you are taking um, a, a, you know, a, a plane from uh, – I'm losing it right now. I have a brain fart. But when you have a, um, a layover maybe or even you have to change over and get onto another plane, the airlines have been really good about speaking up before you even get off the plane and telling you, hey, if you're doing this they, – they know. Mm-hmm. There's, some, there's some people on this plane going to Denver. Hey guys, if you're going to Denver, make sure you go over to Gate Five. Right. Right. They're they're getting really good about that. Um, I, I hear that a lot when I'm on a plane, and there's I know that there's an exchange of some sort, so that is is quite helpful um, in making people who just aren't really savvy to it. Maybe they're doing it for the first time or the first few times, or they haven't really done it. Maybe they've been with other people who've kind of taken the lead on that, and now they have to do it themselves, kind of like what you talked about, right? Right. Where now they have to kind of figure out, oh, my God, I got to do it myself. So <laughs> that's an interesting thing where Jack did that a month ago all by himself, which leads to my, my, my second question in regards to that. How do you think your kids, yours, yours specifically, because of our trip to Europe, how do you think that changed them? What did, what did it do for them? You know, I think I think travel is about changing your perspective and, and seeing seeing the world from a from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Abby may have been a little bit too young to have a, a complete change in perspective. You know, it is, it, it is a badge of honor, I guess. To yeah. Say. Yeah. I, I went to Europe when I was 10. Had a birthday. I didn't, I didn't get to go until I was 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For Jack, I think, um, his was more about, you know, just just connecting with people, maybe, um, you know, having confidence to talk to talk to people who are older than him mm-hmm. and to, you know, know what it is like to be independent, but still kind of have your mommy there. Um, yeah. That little security and, if, if need be. Yeah. And I, and I do think that he is, they're both probably more resourceful because of it. You know, I think when we went to New York, I know when we went to New York, they were, very shocked at the how dirty the subway was Mm, yeah um and i'm i'm very much a believer in in taking public transportation in any place other than my hometown um and like even like them not necessarily being able to articulate it but being able to kind of compare the fact that in europe we went on in three different cities, major, major cities, subway systems, and the quality was so much better. Far different, right? Yes. Yeah. Far, far different. different. Um, much more maintained, um, you know, more efficient, efficient. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I don't think New York subways aren't efficient because I don't know. I always get to where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think, I think in in Europe the subway system, the public system is is I always think of it being more efficient for some reason. I don't know if it's just you know I don't know if that's just a farce on my belief. I don't I don't know if that's just my perspective. I don't know if if it really is true, but it just seems like they've always they're always on time. I just know when I'm when I'm in Europe and the train says it's leaving at five oh one, it's leaving at five oh one. Yeah. 
where I, I haven't had that that experience in New York. I've taken the train from from downtown and um, not downtown. I'm sorry, from Penn Station and gone out to the JFK. And I remember sitting there, like after the time I was supposed to leave, like this is not efficient. But maybe that's just that time. I don't know. But it just seems like whenever in Europe, it's always efficient. It's always on time. It's always what it says it's going to do. It's always going to be where it says it's going to be. Um, bus drivers are a little different because that's an individual, not a not a whole system. Right. So the bus drivers are interesting in regards to um, that efficiency in Europe. So that's that's one thing that's a little different. But now what about, we talked about the differences of the, of the kids and, and, you know, that what that trip might have done for them. What about for you? Because this, this whole idea was to talk about you as a single mom taking two kids to Europe. And yeah, you're in a group. But what has it done for you? Um, I think it definitely gave me the confidence to travel with the kids more by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I would have just gone and done New York with the kids three years ago by myself. Um, but knowing like, this is what we can handle and this is, this is how we're going to do it. And this is how I'm going to plan it. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely helped me and, you know, part of the reason why I, why we did it at that point was, um, I, when I separated and then eventually divorced their dad, one of my goals, um, was that their lives shouldn't have to change that much, that the things that they, that I hoped and dreamed for them, um, should always, should continue to happen. Yeah. And traveling is one of them. And luckily, dad is also very passionate about travel so it wasn't it wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot of negotiation when it came to me saying like i want to take the kids to europe for 14 days or 13 days um he was he was on board with that and it was also about um that not not having them experience it without me so I wanted, I wanted to be with them. Like I, in my mind, I always thought like in high school, they'll go on these tour groups with their school and that will be their experience. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, I want to be there too. Because, you know, when your kids are little and you take them to Disneyland, they, you know, their eyes bulge out of their head and they're like so excited to see, you know, everything they, they think they've seen on television. Um, and this is kind of a different experience that I, I didn't want to miss out of like just observing them see yeah. the world in a different way. Right. Um, and then having to navigate it in a different way. You know, I think we live in a, in a very small microcosm of like, we only, we only speak English and um, we, we only do certain ways. Right. Yep. We only eat the foods that we like. Yeah. Yep. We, you know, it forced them to have to experiment and experience experiment and experience life differently yeah i love that part about it yeah i love that and that's why i preach so hard about not going to mcdonald's and not going to starbucks and not going to these places that you're so used to do something different eat something different i've become a better eater um and i don't mean health wise i mean i was (laughs) i was i was a picky eater when i was little but europe made me eat things like escargot and and things that i would never eat and i loved it and i and i fell in love with all these uh, these options that i have in life right. to, to eat i mean i i would have never eaten 
escargot. I've never eaten different things that I've eaten because being here, because I would have just stuck with the routine, right? Right. Right. I, I love that. I love that idea. And and, and I, I preach that as often as I can. Just please, on this trip, these 14 days or 15 days, whatever it may be, just to try not to eat what you typically eat. Try to eat something different. Try to see things differently. And I, and one of those other philosophies I have with the travelers, I always tell them, if you're expecting Europe to be like home, you're going to, you're going to be let down. It's not <laughs> going to be like home. It's going to be completely different. You need to open your eyes to that, open your heart to that and let, let that happen. And, and, uh, and watch this like unfold in front of you. And I don't know about you, but, and I guess that, that's my next question to you is I found myself watching my kids when I did travel with them, watching them. And like that moment where Holland told me, I want to be independent. I love that <laughs> statement. Right. I love it. Cause it means, cause I, and I, you know how, you know how I feel about this subject. I want her to grow up a very particular woman and, and I want her to be strong and, and forceful and, and a leader. And, and I don't want, I don't want her to be submissive to things. I don't want her to be pulled. I want her to be pulling and, right. and I want her to be doing that on, and she does. And she's very, she's very adamant about certain things. And, and I loved that comment. And as much as it hurt me as a daddy. <laughs> right? I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I was, wasn't ready, but I wasn't ready for it. And I kind of wanted to cry in front of all my students, but really <laughs> I, 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 in fact, I remember telling people on in the subway, like, you know, what she just told me and they, they were laughing at me, but I, you know, I, I loved that that came out of her mouth because it means so much. It means more to me like 50 years from now, it's going to mean so much to me that she said that. Right. You're going to remember the first time she said, yeah, I want to be independent. Yeah. And I, I I remember exactly where we were. I remember where, what country we were in, all of that. Right. And I, and like I said, my original thought here was that, did you feel the same way? Did you kind of view them this way? Your kids, I know when I watched them when we're in Europe, I was watching them and kind of I was in awe about certain things because they were just doing things. Maybe it was something I taught them. Maybe something they learned on their own because they were on this trip. Did you see that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And even like this week, we went to Yosemite and um, we were we did like a day hike at, with my, my nieces and nephews yeah, and my sister. I saw that. And um, at some point, my nephew who is 13 said, said something about his backpack. And I told, I told Jack, I'm like, well, you need to, sh- you need to show him how to carry his backpack in the subway. Um, mm. I can't, they're go they're going on some trip. They're going to, some, some, I don't know, Washington, D.C., I think, is where they're going to go. Okay. Um, so, and Jack's like, oh, yes, you need to be able to carry your backpack a certain way because people like are going to hug you. The traveler <laughs> jumped out of him, huh? Yes. And, of course, my, my 13-year-old nephew is wide-eyed and just like, what? People are going to attack me? <laughs> but all I have are crayons and, and color right. books. And that, he will have a, a backpack full of books. <laughs> yeah and colored pencils yes <laughs> yeah they're, they're, what do you mean they're going to attack me no i love i love watching them like that i love watching 
I mean, you know, one of the one of the warmest and and I almost cry every time I say this. I hope I don't cry. One of the warmest, one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had with taking people abroad was I I had a student um, that had never left his hometown. Right. Okay. He lives in Central Valley, California. He's never left his hometown. He's always wanted to go to L.A. Want to go to Los Angeles. So, yeah, never been there. And he was surprisingly... His family helped him get on this trip to go to Europe. Wow. And he's going to Europe with me. And this is like four years ago. And we were going to Italy. We were on one of my favorite bridges ever, Ponte Vecchio, in Florence. And we're standing there, and there's musicians there, and there's artists hanging out, and there's just this beautiful view of this river. We can see the town, and I'm telling people, I'm telling the kids about this this walkway over overhead that the the, the ruler used to wander and, and look out these windows and look at his people, and we're just having this beautiful moment talking about Italy and this bridge and how the history of the of all these jewelers that sell their their goods on the bridge have been there since the beginning of time almost. And I was telling about all the history of it and how they kicked out the jewelers. These re- these people that are jewelers now on this bridge are related to the same people that took the bridge over to sell their goods from the tanners a long, you know, centuries ago. Yeah. And they're still there. And all of a sudden, we turned around and this guy's gone. And I had a moment like a parent, like, oh, my God, where's this guy? This is our very first trip. We're taking <laughs> kids abroad. I've lost somebody. And I've lost somebody who's never been outside of his hometown. His girlfriend's on the trip and she's freaking out. I said, just relax. We'll we'll find him. No, no, no. You don't understand. He doesn't do this. He doesn't wander off. And I'm like, okay, let's let's look for him. I sent half of them to one side of the bridge and the other half. I said, stay here. I'm going to backtrack and see if we... Maybe he saw something and he wanted to go check it out. Maybe he wanted to explore. So I walk and I'm looking. I'm scanning the entire crowd. I'm looking for him. And he was wearing a particular color shirt so I, I could spot him easily. And I was looking around and looking around and I see him off in a distance around the corner. He kind of jumped around the corner. So he's walking ahead of me. And I get around the corner and he's there kind of looking over the edge of the now the embankment on this on you know perpendicular to the bridge looking into the water and i i stopped him and i kind of walked up to him and i said dude are you okay i mean what we're worried what happened did you did you fall back or did, what happened did you, did you forgive something and he was crying Aww. and he was having that moment where it chokes me up he has that moment where this is the most beautiful thing i've ever done this, mm-hmm. is the most, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. So we had this moment together, both of us crying, and then we walked back to the crowd and like, oh my God, what happened? Why are you crying? Did someone, did someone beat you up? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we got in a fight. Like, it was just, it was a beautiful moment, you know? I it's loved... overwhelming I, sometimes. Yeah, oh my God, it is. And that's what happened with him. He later told me, I just couldn't take it. There was just too much going on. Yeah. And it, it's 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 funny that way. Like I said before, travel's not for everybody. It's not easy. And sometimes you have the they have those moments where you just have to go and get recharged, 
we need to go and uh, off and have a glass of wine or we need to go be by ourselves. We need to take a nap or, you know, sometimes we just need to do a little cry because it's just overwhelming. It was wonderful to have that. And, and, this, and if I can see that every trip, not maybe to that magnitude, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. And that moment for me, for one of those times was my, my own daughter telling me I want to be independent. <laughs> you know, I well, I'm it. thinking about when when we went and it was probably our last dinner. So I think you were asking the question like what. I don't, it was something about like what has changed about you or what has, what has been yeah. your, your greatest achievement this trip? Cause there, I mean, travel is an achievement. Yeah. And you're, you're you know, learning about yourself. And for, for some of them, it's just being able to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Um, but one of the girls said, I conquered a fear and we're all like, huh? And she said, I don't know if you noticed on the first day when we were in the subway, but I took the stairs. And I'm like, what? And, and like, still to this day, I just remember looking at her like so bewildered. And mm. she then admitted that she had a fear of escalators and had never taken an escalator in her life. And she said after the first day in London, which was like up and down escalators. Oh my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. She's like, I either have to face this fear and get over it, yeah. or I'm I'm gonna be left behind. Yeah, we have our own little fear factor. <laughs> and and like I, something I would have never even thought about being a fear. But yeah, we were yeah. traveling with kids who had who had never seen the ocean, who had never been in an airplane, who had right. never, who yeah. had never been to you know, they had never been to fashion fair where there's an escalator. Yeah, and been forced to write it. Yeah, and that's that's funny how, as educators, you and I both we come across those kinds of things all the time where students aren't are they just don't have the ability to do something right, and it's always associated to their education and studying or whatever. But to be in a social environment like that, and then to have them admit I, I have a fear of an escalator, you wouldn't th- like you said you wouldn't think that. That's one of the issues with one of our travelers. And, and it's funny is she she kept it from everybody the entire time. I think one person it was either her friend or her sister or her cousin who was traveling with her. Yeah. Um, knew and kind of hung back with her. Oh, okay. Um, but us, we mean but no some, one else. Yeah. The other girl was like, "Look, I'm going to take the escalator because this is ridiculous." Yeah. <laughs> so you you got to you you're going to do it alone, or you're going to come with me? I'll hold your hand. Come on now. <laughs> no, it's that's a that's a beautiful point in regards to travel. It's it, like I told I tell everybody at the beginning, like the very first day, I hope you say goodbye to everybody. I hope you said goodbye to everybody because you're not coming home. And I, it's like a funny, scary thing. Like, what do you mean we're not coming home? Like, yeah, you, the way that they knew you before, is not coming home. You're gonna come home a different person, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't believe you at first, but then later they're like, oh my god, you're right. We are different. I love that. And I and I love that you you're able to bring your two kids to do that and kind of watch them do that and and um and become who they will become because not just that trip, but all the trips. And now Jack travels from Hawaii to San Francisco, gets on another plane and comes home all by himself. And he you know, those little things, right? Right. Those little things that kind of allow them to do these things and and um 
it's just one experience after another kind of builds who you are, creates who you are. It'll be interesting to see what what that does or what happens with 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 Abby. Like, uh, just what is she going to do in regards to you know that moment where she becomes independent, quote unquote, right? Oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. Mm, I'm not thinking about that. I know. I hear you. I hear you. Well, she's, she they're both very resourceful, but she she definitely has a, a tech resourcefulness that that I don't see in her brother quite yet. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. She, she, blows, she blows my mind. Really? Yeah. Technology wise. Yeah. Is like. You mean? Yeah. Just I, I mean. You know, like, Jack, I don't know how to get to the doctor's office. Well, you're driving now, so you need to figure it out. <laughs> this is the same doctor you've been going to since the day you were born. So, uh, and, and, and yet. And, he, and then you have to take him through the steps of how you figure that out. Well, if you really don't know, there's Google. Yeah. Google the name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want you looking at your phone while you're driving, but you could use the map. Right. It will just refresh your memory. Yeah. That's funny. And yet he's the same guy that managed to get himself home by himself from Hawaii. From Hawaii. On two different planes. Two different planes without a chaperone. Yeah. I guess, I guess when it comes down to it, it's it's the age old idea or argument that when they really need to. When they're forced to, they will. When they have to. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been, believe it or not, two hours since we broke. <laughs> and and we've we've spoken and I, I'm gonna bite my own tongue and 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 I'm gonna I'm thinking of Dax Shepard right now with a seven hour podcast. Um <laughs> so we don't end up like Dax Shepard, I should say. We should uh, end it. But I, I I've had a great time today. Okay. I could I could keep talking about this stuff, like I said before, for hours and hours on end. Let's do it again. Okay. Let's definitely Wait, do it again. To make this one like an official two-parter, where like one is re- one hours released one week, and then the other two hours is released another. That's a great. You know what? That's a great idea. I, I think I'm going to do that because I'm, I actually have plans for recording a couple of people when I'm in England, and um, and I thought that was going to be my my weeks while I'm gone kind of uh, update, right, or my my submission. But I think you're right. I think that's a great idea where you where you break it up and and um, to give them one this week and you gotta you gotta tune in for next week part two and find out what happens with rachel and her her lost children <laughs> do they make it back are you gonna ask me my my questions hey relax i'm not done <laughs> <laughs> you 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 uh you you answered one of my questions already in regards to because i was going to ask you this question uh would you would you do grip group travel again and you're like adamant about it you you would yes right? yeah okay yeah, yeah. So let me get to the questions. So here we go. I'm asking this question because it's you and I, and I just, I like it and I'm on my way to England. So I always have this dilemma when I'm in England. Um, coffee or tea? I'm currently drinking tea. Really? You uh-huh. blew me away. I am. Really? I am. Are you trying to like detox from the coffee or what? Um, I think, I feel like I have officially detoxed from coffee. Were you getting some headaches? No, I started taking a vitamin. That's a long story. I started taking a vitamin I can't drink coffee with. So, uh, okay. But I'm sleeping better. 
So do you miss it? Um, yeah, sometimes because I, you know, I would say that drinking, I like black coffee. Mm -hmm. If I drink coffee, nothing in it, Mm -hmm. um, that it's like smoking a cigarette or having a glass of red wine. (laughs) I don't smoke, but I do drink red wine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's just like something like just so like the taste and the experience and the smell, um, that I love about coffee, but yeah, I can't drink it or I'll be up for three days. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, it's, what's interesting when I'm in London, it's just, it's tea, right? When I'm in England, it's tea. My, my buddy's house, it's tea. It's tea all day. It's tea. And they drink it with, with cream or milk, um, sometimes sugar, but never, never like the way I drink it. I don't drink it with cream, obviously, because I'm lactose intolerant. I'll have a little bit of sugar, maybe just nothing, but just tea. I was in, um, in London wandering around with, with uh, my buddy's daughter um, who's probably going to be on one of the episodes here pretty soon and she and I were just kind of wandering around, wandering around and shopping and whatnot and we went into a little coffee shop and it's like one of the only coffee shops I've seen in London while I'm there and I'm thinking oh great I'm going to get a cup of coffee I haven't had a cup of coffee in like two weeks and I love like you I love coffee I love black I mean I love all of it I love espresso I love the drinks i love co- black coffee i love i love pour overs really into pour overs lately so i go in and it looks like they can manage my request and i said can i get a pour over a what a pour over what was that <laughs> they said a pour over what are you saying mate a pour over like what is like, i'm laughing and, and my, my friend is like i don't think he has it i don't think he has it you have to get something else and that then another guy comes over and he's like, what's he want? And what's the pour over? No, mate. And I said, you know what? You, it's obvious you don't have it. Never mind. Give me just the black coffee. So I was like, oh, man, I thought I was going to get what I wanted. And you just, it's one of those things. When it <laughs> went in Rome, right? Right. You got to do what the Romans do. So sometimes I just have to get a cup of tea instead of coffee. So anyway, you're on to tea now. I'm on to tea. Okay. Next question. Favorite piece of luggage. What is it? Oh, favorite piece of luggage. Um, shoot. I have this little purple bag that I'm now carrying when I travel. It's mm-hmm. like a, just a weekender bag. Mm-hmm. Like um, a little duffel or? No, it's a, it's on wheels. Oh, okay. Um, but I, my first, my first experience carrying everything on a plane, I bought it um, when we went to Seattle couple of summers ago and um it fits in my closet which i like so it's it's like my weekend bag now so if we go anywhere over the weekend i just pull that out it's easy um it doesn't matter if it's too light or too heavy or everything usually fits in it so yeah it's the right it's the right size it's the right size yeah okay cool so next question backpack or roller bag (laughs) roller bag Okay. Hotel, Airbnb. Oh, I like both. It really depends. It does. It really depends on where I'm going. It does. I have a great Airbnb in Seattle that we stayed in. Mm -hmm. um, That's like right at the bottom of Pike's Market. um, Mm, Nice. Bottom of Bubblegum Alley that overlooked the, whatever that is, the straight there. Yeah. You could see the the Ferris wheel and everything. It was cool. awesome. Um, I don't know. Got I like 
Airbnb. I think if I could do it all Airbnb, I would. Airbnb. Okay. Yeah. Favorite country. Favorite country. Huh. You know. Hmm. <laughs> this is, that's a hard question. I know. I know. Everyone stumbles with that one. I do. I can't give you one answer. I can't give you one country. Really? Oh, God. For my, 